On the north side of Chicago It's the coolest bar in town And if you go up there You better just beware You're gonna find a bunch of clowns It's a mad, mad, crazy bar The whole damn place is just so bizarre Full of all the vice and sin where do we even begin? Tip your bartenders. Howdy, folks. Oh, oh that was so folksy. <laughs> that was really... I'm changing it up. Howdy, folks. Yeah, howdy, folks. You're fucking Hello. Mexican. You're not a little hillbilly girl. Well, what the, what the fuck do you want me to say? Hola, people. Hola. No, no just like in, a, in, a, in your normal voice, say hi, everyone. I did, I'd did. i like to change it up. Girl. What's wrong with howdy, folks? Anyway, hello, what, everyone. What's wrong with howdy, folks? This you is, really want to You're already being combative. Remember what Phil the Mogul said? <laughs> well, yeah, and I'm going to make... I'm gonna, this is going to be a very interesting experiment tonight because I haven't had any alcohol, and I did... The only thing I had sweet was I had some... Uh, cranberry jelly on a piece of toast about three hours ago. So hopefully, because I was concerned with my articulation last week especially, because when Phil gave me that critique that that I lacked charm and that I was really kind of out of control, politically incorrect, I had to reevaluate that. I went back and I listened. I wasn't so worried about my un- politically the lack of political correctness, but my articulation did did bother me a little. So I, I know beer affects it. So um, I'm going to make an effort tonight, and I am going to make an effort to be a little more charming. But if you say <laughs> dumb stuff like, how are you I folks? Knew. He can't control himself. Well, how so far, could so good. I mean, how All could right, anybody? well, hi, everybody. This is Pub Crawl Liz. And this is Genius trying to articulate. I'm already kind of... <laughs> so this... Is an interesting evening because uh, we, we Bruce is not. We have a guest, but Bruce is not drinking his usual Polish martini for the reasons he just stated. So he's got a cup of tea in front of him with zero in it. So if you, <laughs> I go to Bruce's. Well, I used to go to Bruce's a lot more when he didn't live far, far away. But uh, we have a the shared affinity for tea, and whenever I go and fix shit at his house. He puts on a pot of tea because that's what we do. Well, no, usually Rock and Roll Ruth does that. Well, yes, now Rock and Roll Ruth does. She also gets this really great um, English tea. Tetley's. No, no, she gets. It's not. What's the kind you get? What's it called? Um, It is called. Anyway. Well, it's a it's a good tea. Well, the British know their tea, so it's a British tea. Anyway, but Bruce usually puts about a whole. You know those honey bears. He probably puts about half a bear in every cup of... Yeah, I, uh, I put about a beehive worth. <laughs> of honey in his tea. Um, so he's actually drinking non-honeyed tea, which I don't know how this it's is going to go. Blank. I, mean, I was just saying, I have to try, try coffee tomorrow for the first time in my life. I can't believe you've never had one cup of coffee in your never, life. Never a cup. I took a little sip when I was about in fourth grade. I loathed the taste and never... Never had you didn't think to go back when you were maybe, I don't know, older? No, never thought. Huh, interesting. Yeah. Well, so yeah, we'll see how this goes. Are you going to have any sort of beverage that's not tea at some point here? Are you going to like halfway through decide you're going to have a Polish martini? Well, maybe, maybe because I'll be so disturbed by your behavior that I'm going to need, need something. So let me just also tell everyone, because... Bruce does not understand that not everyone who listens to the podcast reads his blogs. Like you're, you might do both. There are some very few folks out there, but there are some. But most people listen to the podcast, and that's it. Or some people read the blog, and that's I, I, it. I, I really disagree with you. Okay, well. You haven't been doing a very good demographic job. You, I mean, we don't know comments. We don't know how many people we are following us. We don't have any comments. We don't know. We got zero comments. I don't know if we know that. And, I, and, I, and we don't know how many people are following Maybe you should learn how to check this but, stuff. No, because that's why I have you. I, I have checked a today. Person. There are no comments. I'm not a, I'm not a check type See, person. See, I can check it, but he doesn't believe me. Okay, well, that's whatever you say. Um, remember, you're trying to be charming and nice today. Well, there's, I'm making an effort, but you're making it very hard. <laughs> Um, anyway, so Phil the Mogul, if you guys listened to the podcast last week, Phil the Mogul had some comments for Bruce after the show, and he just said maybe you should just not be so... He critiqued me. 
he did. But we're polar opposites. I mean, let's face it. He's a very charming guy. He has to. I mean, the guy's made gazillions of dollars being being uh, suave and charming, and people like him. See, maybe you He's can make polar gazillion opposite. dollars. No, because I can't do that. I can't do any of those things, nor do I think they're particularly important to do, because basically I don't like people. Phil, at least he, he seems to like people. He's a, he's a people guy. He's a people person. Um, anyway, so he had some comments for you, and you're actually saying, okay, I'm going to take those to heart and, I am. I am and try, try better. I am trying so better. So I'm happy about this. I'm, cur- I'm curious about it. I'm a little nervous. I'm not uh-huh. going to lie. Okay. Because you not being you is un- not comfortable. Well, uh, Phil said that I can be charming, and he cited He's a few 100% examples. right. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I, we'll see. All right, well. But I don't think you really need to go out of your way to provoke me. I don't think I do. But... Well, I mean, I guess that's in the eye of the beer holder or the tea holder in your well, case today. Speaking of beer holder, we have an expert on beer. Here. I'm very excited for our guest today because this means I can actually talk about beer for once on this show. Oh, like you can't talk with anybody else. You drink Bud Light over ice. No. Yeah, because I have a serious... Although I'm kind of shocked by your uh, beverage. See, I, he's here. not a beer snob. No, I'm well, not a beer you, snob. Well, but inter- introduce your guest. <laughs> um, all right, we're going to introduce our good friend Pat Berger. Hi, Pat. Hoi, hoi. How's it going? Good. He's uh, a, a pal of ours. He's a, a regular. Saloon, uh, He's owner. a saloon owner. I am. Uh, a publican, a, as it were. A beer expert. A beer uh, expert. You're official. But not a, an, I'm not a beer snob. Correct. Yeah. But you're also, um, you, you got fancy letters, BJCP. I'm a, a licensed beer judge. Really? How do you how do you achieve that? There is an exam you take, uh, and a, with a essay uh, portion and a tasting portion. It's about an eight hour exam. It was. Can it you was cheat? Hard. Is it possible to cheat? Um, I guess you'd only be cheating yourself. Bruce. Pace, pace. Well, no, well, boy. <laughs> that's what my teachers used to tell me. <laughs> You're say so? only cheating yourself, so? Bruce. <laughs> I don't think there's much to gain by cheating on the BJCP exam. It hasn't exactly, uh, you know, rocketed me to anything. Well, you have. He has a. Um, Pat has his own podcast. He He's does. A it's a very. It's a, and we. I think we should mention that originally, before <laughs> before we lucked out and got Jordan, that. Um, now, right, let's Pat, set the scene. Pat, okay, the, let's scene, set the is scene is that first I was led to believe that Pub Crawl Liz knew, could just do the snapper fingers and make this whole thing you happen. You led yourself down that dumb road. No, no, you led me down. Uh, you just said, Bruce, buy this, buy this, and, and then we'll get it, and then we'll have a podcast. And that's not how it went. But, anyways, I was researching. I needed help, obviously. And Pat here has a podcast called uh, Beer Opinions. Beer Opinions, which you can find uh, on the interwebs and various. Podcast outlets the way you would find this particular uh, podcast as, as, you're listening as the, to. As the alehouse turns. As the alehouse turns. Um, so I turned to Pat and said, hey, I need some engineering audio expert advice and help. Do you, who's your guy? It, I'm not sure I remember it that way. But This is the guy from hell, by the didn't, way. I, I want to say you were hooked up with uh, my former producer through my business partner. Let's blame him, because he's not here. Irish Chris was supposed to be here. T- uh, t- yes, Irish Chris but my he's, he's, he's he- an authentic mix, so we expect erratic behavior from him. <laughs> I, I certainly do. Yeah. Uh, but I, d- didn't you get his info from him? I'm not sure that I would have been like, oh, yeah, here, go with this guy. So, did I? So I don't, I, maybe uh, I honestly, well, I, well, I, I, I'm more I than willing. I try to block go out on, that memory. I, I'm more than willing to blame Irish Chris, because he's not here. And that's go on the with the story, though, because it's That's the alehouse way. So anyway, so Liz said, "Bruce, you got to come down here and meet this little fat guy." And um, his name was. What was it? Do we want to say his name? Yeah, we'll say we his. We don't need to say okay, his name. Okay, no, we'll, you we'll, can. I would rather not. No. If little you fat don't remember, guy. Oh, he's a little fat guy. So she, Liz says, "Come on down and meet the little fat guy. He knows all about this shit, and and he's strongly recommended by 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 Pat Irish Chris." And um, so I so I come down. 
You know, little Fatso is sitting over on the wall, by the wall with 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 Liz. I think you had one of your gal pals with you, didn't you? There was. I don't remember. Anyway, so I the the he was wobbly then, and and the he, he was. He wasn't really. Not, we weren't really sure what was wrong with him because he well, was not very. He was not talking very. He clearly. was kind of incoherent right off the bat, and then he's whipping down the goddamn. I, what was he drinking? Was it beer? I don't remember. Um, but he was. He was. He we was would ask him fast. specific questions. It wasn't skinny margaritas. <laughs> I, I, I can't remember, but whatever it was, he was doing it quickly. He he wasn't. The problem was is that we would ask him a question and he would never answer. And it. he'd run to the bathroom, back and forth to the bathroom, a bazillion times within yeah. like forty five minutes. And his ass crack was showing. He was real fat, <laughs> and his pants kept getting lower because <laughs> he had to wear them. He couldn't put them, pull them up. So this really kind of disgusting ass crack was showing, and he did take a couple tumbles too. So toward and the so end of our I was conversation, kind of he did fall my, off the chair. I was raising my eyebrows. Yes, I, I was directed to your blog uh, to read about this situation. <laughs> and he, I believe he stated in there that he fell flat on his face. He did. He fell several times. And he, he, and then, then I he think left. we had to scrape him up. I think we he, scraped had to him be, up. he had to be helped out. And then, we had to, But I looked at you. And of course, I blamed you for this whole giant fiasco. Well, it was just a meeting and wasn't an actual recording. We were meeting him yeah, to figure out what was going on. I know, well, always, had, always. You had high hopes. I did. I was excited because I'm like, okay, now we're going to figure this out. And he just didn't produce so I, I ran, at but, all. When After he took his second spill, I ran and sat on the, beer, on the bar stools and looked over because I felt, <laughs> that list clean up this mess. But it was really a mess. The guy was really Well, and then he left. And he came back we like came 15 back? minutes later and ordered another drink. And then he sat on the benches by the jukebox we and allowed? fell off of that. And then they're like, all right, you got to go, dude. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it was bad. <laughs> so that was our first That was our, our first look into the world of uh, podcasting. And it was not looking And I blamed, good. of course, I blamed I mean, does it Liz. look any different now? Uh, With Jordan? Yeah, Jordan. Hell yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm not suggesting jo- Jordan. Jordan is like a role model for, for podcast producers. Yeah. He's like our... I just was hoping he's that... He's our podcast Jesus. I was hoping that his his um, <laughs> punctuality and work, work ethic would slip over to... Uh, that's like, crawl, that, that's like saying my, my charm and politeness would rub off on you. No. I think it has. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, so that was the first overlap of podcasts, or people, I suppose. Um, why don't you talk a little bit about your podcast? Pat? My podcast? Oh, well, um, you know, it's called Beer Pinions. Um, it is about beer, and I usually have someone on who owns a brewery or is a brewmaster or something like that, and we try to get their startup stories, their origin stories, that kind of thing. Um, it's pretty nerdy uh, for beer guys. I try to make it fun and, uh, you know, crack some jokes and stuff yeah. like that. But, uh, you know, it's um, surprisingly uh, well-received. I'm always shocked, I, you know, that anyone's listening to it. But uh, a few people are. And um, if you're in the beer industry, you might find it interesting. It's, it's uh, uh, you know, uh, the trials and tribulations of Brewery ownership and uh, and making beers and all that kind of fun stuff. Although I will say, you guys do veer off into different territory. I've been a guest twice. You have been show. a guest twice. <laughs> I <laughs> I'm always desperate for guests. Anyone listening, if you'd like to be a guest, <laughs> email me. Uh, Thanks, Pat. No, no. I um, <laughs> I think you're a beer historian. Of course, you're on. And I'm you know I'm interested in. Uh, Buriana and beer history and all that kind of great stuff uh, on top of this whole new craft beer movement or maybe it's old now, I don't know, but um, you know, a lot of these there's a craft beer scene, you know that kind of passed me by, I'm just into beer, you know, not the scene so much so it's um, I'm too old and have too many kids to be a hipster Mm. so uh, I just like to drink beer and drink different beers and uh, talk about them and stuff like that (laughs) Um, I also like to drink Budweiser, which I know you were going to point out. Well, I mean, it's expected. You're originally from St. Louis. I am from St. Louis. So it makes kind of sense. And he hates the Cubs. Not as much as I do, but he does <laughs> we, hate the Cubs. I don't we, think I hate anything as much I know, as we Bruce talk, hates the Cubs. We talk about this often. 
I will say. Uh, I'm definitely on both the shows that I've been on. We talked about it. And, yeah. And well, we, you know, the Cubs are very hateable. I don't understand and, it. And, well, you know, the Cubs themselves, they used to be. It's funny. I could tell. I could name the 1953 Cub lineup. I could give it to you right now. I couldn't even tell you three guys on the team now. I don't hate the Cubs players nearly as much as I hate the fans. I think it's now the fans' ownership, of course. Loathe. I've always loathed PK Wrigley and all that whole scum. But God damn, Cub fans are really easy. I understand, to I understand that, like the suburban Cub fans or the newer Cub. Well, fans. Well, you're talking and, about like, the Cub like, fans. Like the douchey bro that's fans. That's what you're talking about. I get about. that. I get that. You're not talking about the kids that were, grew up in the bleachers. Well, that's because they don't exist anymore. That's who I relate to. They don't exist anymore. I've, I just don't see anybody, any other fans. That's all. I'm so into it that I don't I've been my whole life so I don't see any of those other morons there are some really good Cub fans out there and you know Liz see, see, Liz might be one of clearly them clearly this is a Cardinal fan talking but, never, uh, you would never hear a Sox fan say something like that no you're, you're right the Cardinal uh, the Cardinal Cub rivalry is so much tamer than the Sox Cub yeah. rivalry I mean that 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 Crosstown Classic weekend when I worked in Wrigleyville was the worst the worst weekend ever. I mean, it was fights left, right, and center. The St. Louis weekend wasn't much better because, you know, St. Louis and God bless their hearts are not big tippers. But, you know, they're just simple <laughs> river folk. I mean, we're all, you know, we're just, well, that's a we nice just learned to, how to tie our shoes. That's a we're nice way to play it. But, you know, the, the Cubs-Sox Sox rivalry is as bad as the Yankees and uh, Red Sox, I think. I agree. It's vicious. I, I don't, I, don't, I mean, I know, I... I the Yankee Red Sox thing, yeah, they hate each other, but I don't think their hatred even comes close to the You're out hatred of your tree. The Sox feel. No, trust me. I've After living in to, Boston for three I've, years, I've let me tell you. I've talked to Boston fans, and I've talked to Yankee fans. No, they don't like each other. Boston is like one giant South Side. Yeah, if you've been to Boston, it's like you bump into someone at a bar, you better be prepared to be punched yeah, in the face. 100%. You know, like they are a gaggle of mass holes. Well, I know. 100%. I, I, yeah, I, I When they win the, the championship, they kill people. They're savages. <laughs> you fit right in. Well, no, I I don't think I'd fit in there. No, they're all racist. They're, they're, Although, I guess know, a father you, and son has never taken out the first first plate umpire like the Sox fan. Remember, no, was, yeah, remember with the kid? That was with great. His, with his, um, Mentally unstable. God, they did they look like they look like Cub fans, really. God, killer mullets. I mean, they weighed about 120 pounds apiece, and they ran out and jumped on the. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. They look pretty south side to me. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, um. yeah. yeah you're, you're right. They and did. then you got disco demolition. You know, yeah. it's interesting mm-hmm, though mm-hmm. when you that get in dumb. when you get into really <laughs> the so sc- dumb. scum of the world teams. Uh, the Dodgers were the first team to integrate, but the Sox were right there. And but who were the yeah, last? Who were the last badass. three teams in Major League Baseball to integrate? We know who the Boston. third. Well, Boston was the last. That was Pupsy Green. That was third to last. They got Cleveland. In the, was Cleveland? They got Ultimate Uncle Tom, Ernie Banks, and then the Yankees were second. Uh, second to last with Elston Howard. These are the three scummiest franchises in in. In baseball, I did meet Ernie Banks one time. He was very nice. I, I've yeah. met him a couple did times you, too. Did you did you did you check your wallet afterwards? Oh, God. <laughs> no, I, I he he did uh, lay a pretty good one liner on me. I was oh, at, he, he had he had the gift of gab. He did. I was giving him a tour of the brewery I was working at at the time, and about halfway through, he said, "You know, you talk funny. Well, you know, where are you from?" I said, "Well, Ernie, you know, I didn't want to say it, but I'm from St. Louis." He goes, "Huh, St. Louis." Never heard of it. <laughs> you know, I wonder. Ernie must have had somebody. I mean, I mean, he was a ma- a major welcher, but not only was he a welcher on the golf course, but he stiffed the fucking caddies. I mean, I couldn't believe this shit. You know, not as bad as he stiffed his children. This is coming from you. Did he fuck them too? Oh. Well, he left everything to the caregiver. Oh, he did. Yeah. Oh. Well, I mean, well, you don't remember all that? No, I, I remember it was a big mess. Yeah. I, mean, I think as far, I was the, the I was, wife and the and the kids. Well, I I was getting a tire change, my tire change up somewhere on the north side, and all of a sudden this car pulls up with Mister Cub license plates and all the guys in the car. Oh fuck! It's that fucking wife. 
it was earning, I think she was divorced at the time, but she came in. This bitch screamed, yelled. I mean, if I was Ernie, I would have, you know, taken an axe to her to her head. But that's who he was married to. So I mean, just a, a white, some white broad blonde. I don't know if it's his first wife, second wife. Holy shit! Well, in the end, I believe he was still married. But well, the, he probably but got the, married again. Well, yeah, I, I don't know, but the caregiver somehow got him to so write no, everything he, over to her in the will. So he's banging the caregiver. <laughs> Yeah, you know. Well, Groucho, Groucho Marx said the same thing. The person who's nicest to you, I suppose. Yes. Yeah. 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 Nothing wrong with that. Oh, well. Wow. I, mean, I don't think Ernie had... Ask his kids. I, I, I doubt very much if Ernie had, had any um, any real bunny anyway, because, I mean, they tried to do everything with him. I remember when he when he retired, they gave him some... He had some PR job. He's too stupid to get behind the microphone. But, he, but they gave him some kind of a PR job where he would go around the high school bank, athletic banquets and stuff. This son of a bitch would stick. All the kids would be excited. Oh, Andrew Banks is coming out to Glen Ellen High School. So, fucking guy wouldn't show. And would just, I mean, it was a nightmare for the Cubs because this really, you know, look, makes you look bad. No, the guy was a total piece of shit. <laughs> There's no question about that. But Alrighty perfect, then. but a perfect cup, and he loved losing. You know, guy was good. I, I will, I'll never, I will have to admit the guy was good. He was actually a pretty good golfer, just good enough to lose to good player. But, um, what? Yeah, I believe his favorite, uh, famous catchphrase was "Let's lose too." All right, you guys. Enough <laughs> That's of this good. Bullshit. I like that. <laughs> All right, so obviously you're from St. Louis, <laughs> and you're a Cardinal fan. Sorry, yeah. So uh, let's let's learn a little bit more about Pat. Um, when did you decide to wise up and move to Chicago? I moved here in uh, 1991. Uh, was there a particular uh, reason for I, it? I went to school at uh, Loyola Chicago, the Mighty Ramblers, who yes. are playing right now, actually. What uh, uh, caused you to go, uh, go to... To go to Loyola? Yeah. My uh, parents, mostly. I, I wanted to, like, uh, uh, just get out of St. Louis. Well, that, that's a lot. <laughs> See, smart. So we came to visit Chicago, and uh, I said, yeah, well, I want to go to Chicago for, for college. They're like, well, which one? I'm like, the one in Chicago would be good. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> that turned out to be Loyola. And uh, Yeah, we're fellow Jesuits. Yes. How, how did you like How did you like Loyola? How did I like Loyola? You know, I mean, uh, it was college, so it was a blast, you know. Do they have uh, good basketball teams then? No, 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 no! I never went to a game days. as a student. Really? They played out at uh, Rosemont. Well, they had the little gym for a while. They did, yeah, yeah. But when I was there, they played at the Rosemont Horizon. Uh, yeah. I don't know what that's called now, but uh, it was you know none of us had cars. Arena. We were all yeah, we were living in dorms in Rogers Park. We couldn't get out there, and the team sucked anyway. So, um, but it was very nice last year to have our run to the Final Four and. Yeah. Uh, it was an experience was I've never exciting. had. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I, I remember when the they won. The city was behind I re- them. It was. I, I remember when they won the whole goddamn thing. Oh, 63. yeah. 60, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Yeah. I was 13. Wow. If you oh, went wow. to school there, you know. You George just, Ireland was a coach. They were, you know, they were one white guy away from having a movie uh, <laughs> made about them. Because they were the first team. They were. They were the first team to win with four black starters. And then the next year... A team won with five black starters. They got a movie. That was uh, that was uh, who was that? Tex- it was Texas Texas A and M or so. The little Texas um, school was the first to all black. I was no I, who won. You know, these guys won it though. And Loyola won it in '63 with with one white guy, four black starters. First time, and they 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 faced a lot of uh, flack down south. Every time they went and played, there were protests and riots and all this stuff. Uh, it was a big deal. Well, the, I and think then, the white guy and was they got John, trumped the next year. Wasn't the, the white guy Johnny <laughs> Egan? He was a little white guard. He, there, it, there was a, it was a, yeah, yeah. A, it was a little white guard. Yeah, that, um, but but um, nice job it keeping was, us from getting our movie. Everyone's a, a little something when I was or a, a big kid, fat something. Jesus. When I was a kid, you would root. I'd, I'd root for the team at the most part because you never saw college teams more than two, max three. I mean, but mostly it was two black guys. And I was, you know, Jackie Robin. I mean, I was all into this whole thing because I knew what white people stood for was wrong, and I hated them just kind of automatically. The power structure of our yeah. country, they were all like Republican scumbags. But then, years later, now I'm almost rooting for teams with a couple of white guys because there's, you know, it's so rare to see a good white guy anymore. So it's kind of gone to full circle. <laughs> 
That's kind of true. Okay. <laughs> um, it just shows up my evolution, how I've evolved. Yeah. Um, all right, so you went to Loyola, and you decided to hang went out? Went to Loyola, yeah, I met a girl from the south side and, uh, uh, in college, got married, and, uh, you know, never never really even thought about going back to St. Louis or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Well, I can uh, understand that. Yeah, and um, always been in the bar business. Since yeah, so was, how did you get your start? I got my start as a dishwasher at, like, 13. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I wanted to buy a... Uh, a bitch in stereo, so I got a job at the local Mexican restaurant washing dishes, and I had the most bitch in stereo of any 13-year-old nice. that I knew. And then uh, started working at a barbecue restaurant, and uh, just something I always did. I never thought it would be like a, a you know a career by any means. And uh, then I graduated with a, a very useful degree in archaeology from Loyola. And well, that's you had another thing you have yeah. in common with uh, pub crawl days. Yeah, yeah. Archaea. Where did you go on any sites? I, I mean, did. I spent uh, four summers in uh, the desert in Syria, digging up an ancient wow. city oh. called Tel Tuninir. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was very interesting. Kept me interested in college, and uh, but then I checked the one ads, and there were no classifieds <laughs> yeah. for archaeologists wanted. So I went right back to what I knew. And, and then got it in my head that I really I wanted to work for myself, mostly. And uh, the restaurant business seemed to be a clear path to that, although uh, it took then another, I don't know, 15 years or something. Took a minute. And, yeah, took yeah. a minute. You used to work um, around the corner here at I worked around right? the corner, yeah. That's how I got introduced to the Old Town Ale House. Well, I, I mean, I knew the Old Town before that because I had a roommate who worked at The Last Act. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which then became Corcoran's, and then I started working at Corcoran's, and this was my Well, before Corcoran's, it was uh, Earl of Old Town. Earl of Old Town. And before that, it was the very famous Earl of Old Town. It was famous yeah. in those days. Very famous. Um, okay, so you worked at uh, what is now Corcoran's. and what was now Corcoran's. Corcoran's. I met my business partner there, and we bonded over rugby. We're big rugby fans. Like, you guys are huge We're talking about fans. Irish Chris. Irish Chris, We're talking about yeah. Irish Chris again. You guys are huge rugby Huge dudes. rugby fanatics, yeah. I played for 20-something years. and uh, Well, Pat, we, like you said, he's a very large guy. Now, Irish Chris is not big. so, And I always thought in r- rugby, big seems to be a big advantage. I mean, a lot. Uh, it's a good an advantage yeah, I to see, big. Yeah, I see Pat and I think football player, rugby, something. Well, for sure. Rugby is a great sport because there is a position for every size. And uh, to be honest, I was probably, you know, I mean, certainly now I'm far too fat to, uh, you know, run around a pitch for 80 minutes, which is what it takes. It's a cardio sport, so you can't be like a 300 pounder. None of these NFL linemen could play a rugby game, not a single one. Yeah. Um, You know, the true athletes are out there running the whole time, tackling, passing, kicking. Uh, you do everything. It's it, you know the NFL is uh, football in general is uh, it bored me in high school. I was a defensive lineman. I would hit someone uh, for three seconds. There'd be some action. If I made three tackles in a game, that was that was good. Uh, I, I never touched a ball playing football ever. Never got to touch the ball. Certainly never scored. Never kicked it. Never passed it. Um, and then I would go play rugby. I got to do all those things, and you know, hit people. So it was—it's uh, the greatest sport in the world. Yeah. So you and Irish Chris bond over rugby. We bond, bind over bond over rugby, and then uh, we took a trip to Ireland for a game. And he just kept bitching about his job. He was in advertising. And I was like, well, you know, I want to open a bar. Maybe we should open a bar. And uh, it was just a lot of drunken talk over many, many pints. And then, uh, you know, a couple weeks later, he was like, let's do this. You know, what bars are for sale? And we knew this place. Well, the only bar I knew for sale was Lowry's on Diversity. 1028 West Diversity. Is is that what the name was before? That was the name before we bought it, before it became Patty Long's. And uh, it was Lowry's for 70 years, very famous bar, Um, uh, classic neighborhood joint. And we, you know, talked to the owner. He was uh, a a bit prickly and didn't necessarily want to sell for a reasonable amount. And then we spent about six months looking at other places and just kept going back going you know that uh, that Lowry's is the perfect spot you know and everything we want so we finally 
Chris went in there one day. He was he called me. He's like, I'm going in there. I know that. Can I curse on this, by the oh, way? God, I think yeah. I have been. Fuck yeah. Yeah. So he's like, that fucker Lowry is going to be there. I'm going to sit there until he gives me the price we want. And uh, six hours later, Chris walked out of there, called me up, and said, we got it. And uh, that was 12 years ago. We bought Pat, bought Lowry's, turned into Patty Long's. And then uh, five years ago, we bought uh, Kaiser Tiger. That was a uh, in the West Loop. Uh, how, how many years ago did you uh, buy Patty Long's? Patty Long's was uh, 2007, so 11, 11, 11 years, years ago. Years. Okay. So when you guys opened Patty Long's, you guys opened it and did something that really didn't exist yet. That's true. Well, you know, I'll, I'll be honest. We opened it, and it was Chris was from Ireland. Is from Ireland. Uh, I worked at an Irish bar, and. Uh, we just thought we'd open an Irish bar, and we did, but of course I was really into beer, and I had all these weird beers on tap, and Chris has the ability to kind of see the bigger picture, you know, I'm just doing my thing. He saw the bigger picture, he saw what people were reacting to, and they were reacting to two things that we were doing, and that was the weird beers, and I was also really into bacon, and I had like five different bacons on the menu, and uh, and people were, you know, that that is what was setting us apart, and he said, "You know what? And this was only three, four months into it." Said, "I'm changing the name to Patty Long's Beer and Bacon Pub. It used to be a Patty Long's Irish Pub. It's like I'm revamping everything. I want you to do a new menu. I want heavy bacon. I want you to take the uh, you know the two or three beers that aren't considered craft beer off tap, and uh, we're going all craft." I said, "Yeah, that's no problem. Let's do it." And, that's that was it. Success. Success. Yeah. yeah, yeah. People reacted very well. Um, so yeah, people go to Patty's not only for a fine neighborhood uh, experience, but for great beer and some and heavy uh, amounts of bacon, pork belly. <laughs> you guys have you guys have this thing on the menu at both uh, Patty's and Kaiser's that uh, yeah, the bomb. Can you explain to people what this is? The bomb is a uh, like a spicy pork and beef meatloaf that's stuffed with bacon and then wrapped in a bacon weave and then um, coated in spices and brown sugar and then uh, smoked for about four or five hours. Brown sugar. Yes. Yeah, sweet and salty. Yeah, sweet and salty go together. And uh, then we slice it into sandwiches and um, it's kind of like a fancy spicy bacony meatloaf sandwich. Mm-hmm. People like it. Um, you, you guys sell a lot of those, huh? We do, yeah. And you have that at Kaiser Tiger, too. We do have it at Kaiser Tiger, too. I'll be honest, it's not as popular at Kaiser Tiger. We do a lot of sausages. It's a little more of a German concept. Uh, but it's it's the number one everything at Patty Long's. So Patty's is a bacon, beer, Irish neighborhood, one like typical Chicago apartment, long, narrow, wooden floor, tin ceiling, all that good stuff. And Kaiser is sort of the total antithesis of that. Well, and it's a much, uh, kind of a unique neighborhood where uh, Kaiser is, too, at the end of Randolph yeah, Street. Yeah, it's like Randolph right? and Ogden. Not too it far is. from the uh, yes. United Center. Yeah. Yeah. People would call it Union Park. I think our real estate agent would call it the West Loop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it is a, v- a very hopping, very growing neighborhood. It is, with, it's uh, a giant it's, place. It's, shit's going crazy over there. And, yeah, it's a, it's a giant place. It's huge, very different than Patty Long's. beer garden, too. It's great, yeah, beautiful. Great, great beer garden. Biggest beer garden in Chicago. I mean, outside Wrigley Field. <laughs> all right, all right. Is it, is it really? Is it really? They're doing so well, you guys. Come on. <laughs> oh yeah, they're. And, yeah, they uh, did. Yeah. They, they, what's oh, uh, how big is that uh, beer garden? Uh, it holds two sixty. Whoa. Yeah. Oh. Um. So awesome beer garden in the summer, but in the winter. In the winter. Right now. Yes, right, right at this moment. In fact, opening tomorrow. I know this isn't live, so... Um, opening yesterday. So, yeah, so anyone listening, it's open. <laughs> yeah. Uh, opening tomorrow is our curling court. We lay down a giant ice rink and put curling lanes in there, and people slide stones down to the target and uh, uh, and generally have a great time. It's fun. Yeah, but Bruce and I went curling one time together. Yeah, we, we Do you remember that? I wanted to be the broom guy, but they don't have a broom guy. <laughs> we don't. Yeah, it's so it's not Olympic-sized curling. It's a little shorter and stuff. And we, it's, I, it's shuffleboard on ice. Yeah, yeah, it's shuffleboard on ice. Exactly. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah, yeah, it's fun. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and you guys are doing this before other places. Like, it became a thing. Is it a thing? I think. They do it at Wrigley Field. They I do? don't know anyone else copying off us. Wait, really? Yeah. Well, they did last I year. There were some bullshit hotels doing some crap like that. Oh, yeah. I don't think that went well for them. Yeah. That See, wasn't real. It was it. it was even real it's ice. Fake. Yeah, it was, it was all fake. fake. There's another fake one in, like, uh, in Bucktown or something. But yeah. I don't think anyone cares about those. It's not fun. It has to be fun. It has to be, like, a, a, an interesting, intriguing, skillful game. And <laughs> I, and that's what it is. Uh, and, and you have to create the like, conditions do people, for that. Do people who play, are they taking it really seriously? Oh, my God. Really? That's we need ridiculous. to start yeah. a team. We, well, we're going to have an industry uh, night. Yeah, we need to have a team. Well, wanna, the uh, Ale House could just reassemble their baseball team. We used to have baseball team sign-ups every year. We never had a game or yeah, a team. Let's do, uh, but we'd have sign-ups. And it was fun signing up. I always signed up for missionary position. Well, the... Well, <laughs> <laughs> Will the Ale House team end up like that team that was recently escorted out of the tournament for being too drunk? Did you see that uh, no. new story that went around? Yeah. Oh God. That, like a like it's a Olympic qualifier team was too drunk. Yeah, I mean it's very possible with these delinquents around here. It's a great sport that way, like, and that's why you know that's why it works in our environment because you can drink a beer while doing it. It's a it's a cool space, Kaiser. Um, and one thing that I like that I don't know if people know about, but. It's my go-to before going to see uh, any sporting event or concert at United Center because you guys have free shuttles. We do have a free shuttle, yes. Which is the a Kaiser bo- bus. bonus because you can just park over there and eat yep. and drink and yep. go to the and get your, get go your, to the show. Get, get a lot of bubble gum and then go see, oh, the, God. Go see the shows. He's, he doesn't like music. He doesn't understand I, I music. I like music. I, I, I don't like bubble gum activities. <laughs> Whatever that means. Justin Timberlake is, uh, that's the night to be at Kaiser Tiger. I'm telling you right now. Well, for Bruce. Jesus. <laughs> Just the name. It is filled with dressed to the nine suburban moms on Justin Timberlake night. He brings the sexy back like that. to Kaiser Tiger. Well, in my day, I might have liked that. In your day? Yeah, my day. What does that mean? His days are over. You know, See, that's, that's silly. Why do you think that? I'm 78 years old. I got so? a girlfriend. Okay, the girlfriend is the key part there. Yeah. Not so much the well, 78. What, you don't think 78 She's sitting right born? next to him, by the way. Mind, I know. You're, mind you're, over you matter. Think, you don't think... You gotta, feel, you gotta think young, feel young. I don't mind it. It doesn't matter. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Look, I'm not suggesting you bet any of these MILFs that are there, but uh, <laughs> you can always look, Bruce. Yeah. Well, I, I used I'm to love to go down there. The old Ricardo's was great. I'd go down there on Friday nights, and all these married broads from the suburbs would be down there. It was so much fun banging them. You know, when you um, <laughs> when, when you're feeling when you when you have a positive attitude, Bruce, when you're feeling pretty good and spunky, and you actually like have a little smile. When you walk, you actually have a little bit of a swagger. Oh, really? Oh yeah. yeah. So if, I, mean, I can Tell just me I more. can just see him. <laughs> Tell sw- me more. I can just see him swagger around Kaiser Tiger, looking at all these ladies. Yeah. I mean, I'm just saying. You don't need to think so negatively. I'm, I'm, oh, I'm sure Rock and Roll Ruth is loving hearing all this pep talk. Get she yourself knows. some Viagra and go down to Patty Long's. That's not what no, I that's am That's what you're saying. suggesting. I mean, no, that's I'm what not. you're doing. Oh, Lord. I mean, Why do I even try? No sexy talk, Liz. I, all right? He's got yeah. a girlfriend. Well, no. Why do I even no, try? No, I'm going to get you a strap on for Christmas so oh, you can go down God. there. And See, this is why you... This glow is why, in the dark strap this on. This is why this show we'll, is going south. And then we'll go down and we'll do some... Um, you're drinking tea and you're talking about I'm stupid drink. things. Look at that. Um, are you, want, are you, you need more tea? Or no, do you want having, are you having a beer? Yeah, it looks disgusting. Get that out of here. All right. <laughs> I don't, Ruth, you don't have to do that. Jeez. No, I, I didn't say she had to drink it. I was going to switch over to... Um, <laughs> he's, he's ready for his martini. Woo! I'm starting yeah. to feel better about no, this. No, Ruth, you don't need to drink it. Look no, it. I didn't it say like, drink. I said you doesn't need to take it away like some sort of like... like I, I brought a little sample of the Mississippi servant. River back with me. <laughs> yeah, of course. Reminds Pat, me of my home. I was going to say, Pat, do you feel better now? Ah, the muddy Mississippi. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the old miss. So... I'm Are so. You ready for another one, Pat? I I would love one. Another one of oh, the make uh, it a whole St. Louis's round. finest. Thank you. Um, Seems like thank you, Ruth. I'm not a beer snob, but I'm slightly just. 
well, don't know. No, see, I have surprised. a lot more respect for him because I mean, I had a long talk with Bourdain about this shit. Yeah, everybody. Oh, you're gonna Listen. have a crap beer. Oh, yeah. He famously pissed yeah, he off did. all the beer nerds. He yeah. did. Yeah. And I thought it was hilarious. This is, you know, the, the beer nerds are very thin-skinned, and uh, when someone doesn't think the rainbow comes out of their assholes, they 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 all go nuts. You know, beer and, snobs. Yeah, yeah, they are. They are. Yeah. And they didn't like that. He couldn't get into the craft beer thing. I love as as having, well, he'll drink it if it's around, but he doesn't give a shit. Having one foot beers. in the beer world and one sort of foot out, I always like to. It's fun to be on the periphery and just watch all the drama, all the stupid shit happen. Because there's a lot. There so is a lot of drama. It's yeah. so dumb. It is dumb. We're all a bunch of little gossipy schoolgirls in the craft beer world, and we well, like and to then, fight with each other. And then, like some of these breweries actually do misbehave and are just do stupid shit. Well, when you're like, talking like, about chocolate fucking beer and all that, oh, well, I mean, that's geez. not the point. No, it is the point. What misbehaving are you talking about? I'm talking about the the trillium thing happening right now. Oh, where they don't pay anyone. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, there's, there's a very there's a very it's capitalism. Very, yeah, there's a very very popular, uh, very sought after beer slash brewery called Trillium out of Boston, and it turned out that they someone bitched about them in a forum and. Basically, they're paying like below minimum wage, saying that they should just make the tips to cover the difference, and people are going bananas over it. And it's I, I they're you know they're idiots for doing it, especially because they're obviously they're they're doing so well. Well, I, I, there's a, there's another oh uh, the whiskey or the the tequila well, thing. Well, no, it, it's not so much that they that's what they have have been doing. It's that people were leaving tips, so they decided instead of paying these people. Regular minimum wage, which I don't know what it is where Trillium is. Uh, here, it would be $14 an hour. Uh, they are paying tipped minimum wage. So they switched it. Once it they saw that people bucks. were taking uh, tips, I think they started giving them the tipped minimum wage, which here would be, I think, five ninety-five an hour, six ninety-five an hour, um, and said, hey, you're making tips, so, you know, blah, blah, blah. But, um, you know... It, yeah, it's it's a a bad PR. Well, for I I think terrible PR. I mean, it remind me to fuck them every possibility. <laughs> I mean, it's, I now know something not to ever buy. Well, you know, these guys. <laughs> it's an interesting brewery because I think they sell 100 percent of their beer, and and a lot and a lot of it, uh, yeah. straight out of the brewery. Yeah. So they just have cars lined up and people lined up every day to get this. It's it's a, like it's like a destination. Where's it at? Yeah. Boston, uh, outside of Boston. Yeah. They have a oh, beer well, garden well, in Boston proper, but outside we're, of Boston. Basically, we're starting to really hate Boston, aren't we? I like Boston a lot, but well, I, I like it, visiting. You said yeah. a lot of negative shit about it. You were talking about. You were talking about. I think that was me. Yeah. I think I called no, them savages. You, no, you don't you have any listeners like, in Boston, do you? Maybe. Who knows? Right. Well, Not I anymore. Not anymore. Sorry. Um, send your hate anyway, mail to, so to I, send your hate <laughs> mail to Chris at Patty Longstein. I, I, I like the uh, art museum. There. Um, it's a nice town. Anyway, so uh, anyway, it's just fun to sort of watch all the stupid drama. Oh, the, and you know that's just this week's drama. There's, no. it, it'll be something new next week. It's something new every week. It's it is silly. It's a it's a you know once the hipsters got into the beer world, the scenesters as I call them, mm-hmm. they sort of decided that beer had to be different than every other business, and um, they sort of hold everyone to a very, very high standard. Well, uh, you guys, you guys are both beer experts. And what would you say the first big craft beer was that got at the ball rolling? Well, everyone credits in a, in Anchor America, Steam. Yeah, I would Anchor say. Steam. Not, not. Oh, out in San Francisco. Yeah. yeah. What about Mendocino? Where would they? Well, that's the well, Northern California is like this little well, lake. Well, it's interesting. I'll tell you. Crescent I'll tell you an beer. interesting anecdote. That one of the founders, there were three guys founded um, Mendocino Brewing. One of the guys, as I went to high school with him, and then we both lived, I then went out and stayed with for a little while and got hooked when I got sold down to Berkeley. And then, he, but he, ever since I knew him, he was making beer. It was terrible beer, but he was always making beer in his garage. And um, so his mom died, left him some bucks. Well, I, well, I had to... Uh, we're in, uh, well, the state of California said it would be a good idea to come back to Chicago in 76. But he then was living out in Mendocino. Well, he founded Mendocino Brewing Company, 
Well, it was um, his name is John Scale. Well, that was very interesting to learn. The guy that um, when I lived in Marin County, that was right next door to Lagunitas. Mm-hmm. And the guy that founded Lagunitas Brewing Company also went. To, turns out he went to Downers Grove High School yeah. too. So I find that very interesting that Downers Grove would produce these two um, craft beer guys. I think well, I, I, think, you, yeah, I the, think San Francisco, Northern California, was probably the furthest place away from freaking Downers Grove. <laughs> no, it was da- Upper's Grove. I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, I don't know what happened to. Your friend at Mendocino, I, I know they did very well for many years. They were they you know, sold the, they sold it, I guess. I yeah, I, don't, I, I don't think it's doing he, well. He has not reached out to me. The the Lagunitas <laughs> owner also sold, and uh, mm-hmm. he is now a billionaire. Yeah, really. Well, I got a hunch my pal made a few bucks too. Yeah, my, sure. uh, yeah probably my, not a my billion. Former though. pal. Everyone um, has what we call a gateway beer. Uh, yes. What meaning that you go from drinking, you know, non non flavored big beer, and one day realizing that something has flavor, and it transitions you into like wanting more of that, which means you get into craft. What beer. are you talking about? <laughs> Speaking a language I can understand. So my what, like a okay, light bulb so goes you, off in your fucking yes, head, in your, and you in your say, mouth. Oh like, my god, I have to have mouth. popcorn beer. What what no, what are you talking so about? So my beer, my gateway beer, Pat, I'll just turn my attention to Pat, <laughs> uh, was probably like most people was Sierra Nevada. Yeah, I mean, you know, that was certainly my favorite American craft beer, but the beer that changed my thinking on uh, uh, what what beer could taste like was Guinness. And I know oh, sure. it's not exciting for people to hear, but um, Guinness for me, uh, what, you know, was a game changer as a teenager going over to Ireland with my parents. And uh, sitting in the pubs and drinking this jet black, creamy, uh, uh, delicious mother's milk. <laughs> that was it for me. And, wow, uh, such a description. Yeah, I, I, uh, I was hooked. Yeah, mother's milk. Yeah. With your parents. You, <laughs> you have these moments. Isn't there, I haven't proved, okay, maybe, so maybe, maybe we've put this in a way that you maybe understand it. Was there a particular candy? That you had no, one day. Let me explain. That we're, just changed we're, your we're, life. We're we're, we're just. I'm, I'm a Snickers bar guy. But See? Uh, all right. So when you had no, Snickers but the wait first a second. Time. I would like to stick to beer. And I was talking to, to Pat earlier t- uh, this evening about this. I when when I run into beer snobs, and I, first ones I really ran into was when I first went to to London, and uh, I'd be sitting in a pub, and everybody was kind of sneering at me because I want. I'd ask, "What the hell you got?" And, you know, all this shit like. Guinness and stuff. I no, I want give me lager. I want the lightest, weakest, whatever you got. And they'd sneer and oh, what, what, you know, with the stupid little Cockney accent. Well, you're in the land of yeah, ales and just, stouts. Just listen, <laughs> just listen. And I would explain to them very politely that it took me years to develop a taste for really cheap, lousy beer, because and it saved me a great deal of money. Because, I mean, when I first came to the ale house, you could get a uh, Stein of Light for a quarter. Now, that kind of stuck with me. That should that should be roughly the price. You know, I remember the first time I paid a buck for a beer, I almost went batch crazy. What year was this? Uh, in 61, you could buy a, a dark beer was 30 cents. Big Stein, light, light Stein of Light uh, beer was a quarter. You could get completely fucked up on three bucks if you were, you know, mm-hmm. as a kid. So that was, it was, I don't know how these kids do it now. I mean, they got to spend 30, 40 bucks to get fucked up. But, um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's bad. Poor kids. But, but I would, I, and I still, I mean, when I go to Scotland, you know, people kind of turn their nose up at my, my taste in beer. And hey, fuck you. I agree. Me, Drink I, what you like. Well, yeah, I'm sure. I mean, now, if I drink craft beer, the thing was, I could drink 15 Bud's, Bud, Budweiser's. 16, maybe I get a little goofy, but 50, I was fine. But when you start messing with these craft beers, man, you don't know what the hell. You know, this was pre-myasthenia. That is true. I mean, I don't know. I can't. What you, should, my you should see now where they're, they actually, there's something called barrel-aged beers. Where they put beer in bourbon barrels, whiskey barrels, tequila barrels, oh, gin barrels, just, wine barrels. That's so stupid. It's so it, they're actually, Some of them are actually very delicious, but they're also 10% and above 
ABV well, these, alcohol these by dipsh- volume. These dipshit kids are. I mean, one week they want <laughs> flat tire, and then kids. and then you know six months later it's a whole new one. Fuck them. I mean, you just little fashion kids. Oh, we're gonna all drink flat tire. What the fuck is that? Assholes. <laughs> Which, by the way, no one's asked for a fat tire at my bar in about 15 no, it's years. All, but it's all, yeah, but I don't said, fat it was tires a fat. All the rage. It's gross. It was fat. It was a fat. It, it was, was a fat. Drinking. Yeah. It, you know, look. I don't like fat tires. The bar business is full of fads, and uh, everything's full of fads. Yeah. If it were up to you, we'd still be fucking listening to like Glenn Miller. What's the f- Which what's is not bad. I love what, Glenn what, Miller, what's but what, still. What's a fad in here? Oh, I guess Tim, Tim. Dive bars. Dive bars, you know, they're very popular right now. Yeah, but they were popular back when, back in the day, too. They go in and out, right? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, who knows? Everything goes in and out. Yeah. Uh, I will say, when I first started coming here, you guys did not have this craft selection, and so I'm very happy that I also was one of the people who spoke up, and I was like, let's let's do something here. Yeah. And and, and uh, you guys have a very nice, for a, for a dive bar, which, by the way, I hate that, you know, I hate that term. Um, why, why has a very hate, why because dive uh, saying something as a dive bar insinuates that the people who hang out in it are less than. Yeah, I like that. No. Yeah. Why does it, no? I thought I thought you like would take a dive like. Uh, well, that's the history of it. The history of it. Like our guy who was gonna produce your podcast. <laughs> yeah. He took a number. The the di- the reason bars are called dive bars is because back in the 1800s, there were opium bars that also served um, alcohol. And a lot of people uh, at the not-so-nice ones would do all this shit, fall asleep in the bar. And, you know, management was kind of like, well, this is not good for business because look at all these slouched idiots. So they would literally grab them by the coat and just throw them into the basement. And so they'd take a dive into the basement. Why, why wouldn't and they so just the, throw them out the door? And so the more bodies, because you got to go sleep it off. You don't want to get busted. So the more bodies that piled up... <laughs> It was a seedier kind of place. And so that's how the term came to be. But my point is is that in today's terms, I just feel that a lot of dive... It's, it's sort of like, almost like, oh, let's go to that dive bar for like, I don't know, entertainment in a, in a way. Yeah, oh, it, it is. Because and, and it's popular right now and the hipsters are all taking over well, the dive bars. There, there is um, my all-time favorite, if you're using that criteria for dive bar... There used to be a skid row right, um, right south of um, Chicago Avenue and Clark Street. It was like there was there was one on Wilson Avenue and the big one was West Madison Street. There was a very significant um, g- uh, ghetto kind of. Um, and At Clark in Chicago? Clark. The police station was the hmm. Chicago Avenue police station, which I was in. Uh, uh, more than once as a as a youngster, and as actually as I got older too, but um, that was right around the corner. But it was that was really a bucket of blood place, and it was Indians, hillbillies, blacks, Puerto Ricans. So you mix them all up uh, in in one of these. And um, there was a place called Franco down. There was the King's Palace, the Queen's Palace. I think you could look um, Google all this stuff because these places were really... But there was a place called Frank O'Donnell's Shamrock Inn. That was the most out-of-control, crazy-ass place I've ever been in. And um, Frank O'Donnell, was, he, he was probably... He had to be well in his 60s or maybe even 70 when, I, when I'd go in there occasionally. Tall, skinny uh, Irishman. And... They, the cops told me, the Chicago Evan cops that, that spoke to me nicely, but not the ones who were arresting me, said that they'd find a body behind there in that alley at least once a week. The Indian, it would open at 7 in the morning, you'd see a whole Indian family sitting there with wine, bottles of wine, these little bottles of wine that you could drink directly out of the bottles. The men's room had a glass so you could see in because there was so much shit happening. And I remember the first time I went, some woman asked me for a cigarette. I said, I don't smoke. All of a sudden, she takes a swing at me. And I mean, that, that's the kind of place it was. And what finally happened to Frank O'Donnell's Shamrock Inn, some Puerto Rican, he threw some Puerto Ricans out and they followed him out. He lived out in Skokie or someplace and they killed him in his driveway. Oh, that's nice. But I mean the whole place. <laughs> but the, the, the either the yeah, king's nice story. The Thanks king's, for the heartwarming the story. The king's palace or the queen's palace. I forget which one. They had the talent show, 
every like Saturday night amateur talent show, and um, people in like tuxedos would show up. It was kind of an in thing to go see this stuff. Right in the middle of yeah. this, this ghetto, it was really, um, it was amazing. I mean, uh, a talent show. What, what, like, uh, we, we, I go up with a ventriloquist, sing opera, um, oh. Danny Boy, whatever. I mean, they had it was, so uh, it wasn't like the lingerie show. I feel like it's a thing. No. I feel like it's a, it was a thing back then because the Ale House had talent shows, yeah, but we had them only twice a year. Not every Saturday night. Oh, this is a weekly thing. <laughs> every Saturday. Oh, shit. Yeah. Do you guys um, still do the talent show here? Mm-mm. No, but no. next year... So well, you're, you're I performed around. that yeah. at once. This is the 60th anniversary of the Ale House, but... You n- were supposed to take Nothing's going to get done unless I do it. So I was so busy with the exhibit at the Field Museum that I said, okay, now that I'm done, next year I can focus on doing some celebratory Well, you, could, you still have time. So, we, it's, we do it the week before the Super Bowl because nothing's going on. So the on. talent show's coming back next year. Ooh, I think maybe we should do uh, uh, quarter beers. Well, by the way, next... Yeah, right. Tell Shelby. Uh, this could be next Schlitz, year, 30, the, 30 cents for a dark one. Next year would be this coming Super Bowl. Yeah, that's what I'm... I'm no, I'm working on it. You're working on yeah. it? Yeah. How much time do we got to let people, like, give people? I don't know. A week? Well, no, no, no. You got to let them know before that. <laughs> he gets real into it. You see this? It's great. No, no, no. You got it. it you We're working to, on it. We're working on you it. You have to publicize it. You know, the last time I was at a talent show at the Old Town Owl House was the week before the Bears were in the Super Bowl. That, that's oh, when wow. we would do it. We would do the week yeah. before the Super Bowl. I sang Bear Down for the crowd. Oh, you did? You did. did the Super Bowl shuffle? That would have been good. Did I don't you, know the did words. Did you get booed? Did you get booed? Or? I I'm did by it's some... a tough crowd. It's yeah, tough crowd. there were a bunch of a-hole Ruben, uh, Ruben, Packer fans in there. Ruben might have booed you. <laughs> he might have. You don't know the... the I guess you... I think it's good. Irish Chris was definitely booing. You're not from Chicago, so it's acceptable you don't know the words of the Super Bowl shuffle. Well, I, I know the words to bear down. That's interesting. So are you a Bears fan? How I am work? a Bears fan, yeah. When I lived in St. Louis, uh, we had a team called the Cardinals, who also originated in Chicago. It sure did. Holly Match, I minute. remember yeah. seeing them. And then there was at one point a St. Louis Cardinals and a St. Louis Cardinals? Yes. Yes. And, and growing well, up. That tells you everything you need to know no, about no, St. Louis. No, 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 no. There was the Chicago Cardinals. <laughs> they were the Chicago. Sweet River folk. It was okay. the Chicago Cardinals. We don't like they, to get confused. They played at Comiskey Park. Keep it simple. And the bear, George, and what the problem was in those days, George Ellis was so fucking unbelievably stupid. He doesn't understand TV. And they'd have these blackouts. So if the Cardinals were playing at home, you couldn't watch the Bears on TV. If the Bears were playing at home, you couldn't watch the Cardinals on TV. I mean, just stupid, stupid, stupid fuck faces. All right, so Pat, you actually you actually liked the St. Louis Cardinals football team? So I did, I, uh, yes, and uh, grew up loving them. And then when they uh, left for Arizona, uh, they, like... Where did that happen? They... Uh, eighty-seven, maybe. Well, they left. It was Chicago. right after the Super Bowl shuffle. They left oh, Chicago okay, so right around bears, sixty. Yeah. Eighty-five, eighty-six bears. Okay, maybe yeah. Early yeah, 60s. and then so I think eighty-seven. They went to Arizona, and I was I was crushed. Uh, you know, had my team taken away, and some people continue to follow their team when it, they go to another city. I was not that kid. No, no, I, 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 I it's like the Brooklyn Dodgers. Yeah, I was turn like, on them. You have to turn. Yeah, on I totally turned on them. It's like fuck them. And uh, it was between the, for me personally, it was between the Chiefs and the Bears being, you know, in St. Louis. Oh, sure, in between. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, the Bears had just won the Super Bowl and had McMahon and Peyton. And I was like, I'm I'm going with the Bears. Mm -hmm. So uh, his brain is scrambled as hell. He has to have a note when he leaves his house to find his way home. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. Dumb fuck. Sometimes I put a note in your pocket just in case. <laughs> hey, when he hit the field, he didn't have no plan. See, I know some of the words. Yeah, the funky, funky QB, QB known as McMahon. McMahon. When I hits the field, I ain't got no yeah. plan. And then there's that the refrigerator Perry coming out. Oh, yeah. talk about scrambled brain. I'm the, brain. the rookie. His brain. I may be large, but I'm no dumb cookie. His, his brain is scrambled eggs now too. They're all scrambled. All those yeah, the fridge heads. still alive? Yeah, I think so. Um, I have no idea. I think he. I think he is. I think he's real, still real fat, and bad things are happening. His health is bad. His Dick is almost bad. died last Man. week, huh? Really? Yeah. No, I had you no know, idea. Dick had I, I a just grabber rather, on the uh, on the golf yeah, course. Yeah, he did. I just rather see him paralyzed with drool pouring out of his Republican <laughs> mouth. 
That's why I, I, I brought it up. I haven't heard very good things about that guy. Oh, there's nothing good. There's not, he was a hell of a player, though. But, God, what an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you're a Bears fan. Yes. You Are you a Bulls fan? Yes. Are you a Blackhawks fan? Ah, uh, here's where it gets tricky. Um, <laughs> you know, um, I... You know, here's how I explain it. Hockey is not uh, one of my top sports. I I love it. I think it's a great sport. I never played it. I don't really, you know, I don't know the nuances. Um, It's a very cool sport. I liked watching it sometimes. But um, I certainly grew up a Blues fan. And um, now I make a whole bunch of money off the Blackhawks. And True. uh, You know. That can affect your loyalty. It it does. It's affecting my loyalty. And... uh, you know, we, we've gone a couple of seasons without a, a playoff run from the Hawks, and yeah. that affects the bottom line. So I think in the playoffs this year, if it's the Blues versus the Hawks, which it won't be because the Blues are really terrible. Um, are the Hawks any good? I'm no. going for the Hawks. They're shitty, right? Yeah, they're shitty. They're better than the Blues. And then they fire their coach, the coach that wins a oh, couple yeah, Stanley Cups. That. Are the Bulls any good? No, no, Bulls are really terrible. No. Oh, really wow. terrible. Yeah, I'm we're sorry. gonna have another I'm year sorry, of like, no playoffs. Yeah, I know. It's like the only time I have money on sports. I mean, the Cubs are guess, probably the best. I guess local you better hope right that now. Justin Timberlake comes back to town. Bringing the sexy back. Yeah, <laughs> I hope so. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you should go to Kaiser Tiger more often to bring the sexy back, Bruce. Yeah, that's what. I, uh, that's swagger. What I'm the all swagger. About. That's what I'm all about. The swag. Oh yeah, yeah. I think it's an odor I give off. <laughs> all right. It says musk. <laughs> Genius musk. Come over, come over and mark my territory. <laughs> All right. Well, I think we should end the show on that note. Um, Pat. Liz. Beer Opinions is your podcast. Beer Opinions. Patty Long's and Kaiser Tiger are your establishments. That's, yep. Those are the joints. Um, I, I strongly recommend them. And, and uh, Kaiser Tiger is really a unique place too. I don't think I can't think of another place in the city like it. Yeah, you guys have all these like homemade sausages and things, right? Or, or but it's big. Or, we, artisanal it, it, sausages. It's just we do. Big. You can park there. It's, I, yeah, there's I tons of parking. You can find par- which is really unusual. They're both good places. Very different, which I like. Very different. Yes. Yeah. Uh, anything else you want to share else? with everyone? Um, no, I don't know. I think that's about it. You've covered it. All right. Well, thanks for joining us. It was my absolute pleasure. Appreciate it. Maybe you know, we'll, we'll get that deadbeat business you know, partner of yours we, we to come should on have, sometime. We should have spent a Good little luck. more time bum-wrapping Irish Chris. <laughs> we could do it now. <laughs> that no good. So-and-so no, I, I son just, of a you know, and he, I, I mean, I was shocked to hear he was a rugby player because he reminds me a well, little bit more of a little ballerina. He was... <laughs> He was a rugby player in school, like oh. in like high school, grade oh. school, you know, not uh, oh, or, Lord. or maybe a little violinist. He was more of a soccer player, I think. There's nothing wrong with soccer players. Well, they're a bunch of pussies, but yeah, other than that, they're, you know, it's cool. Wow. Come on. I played soccer. Come on. Well, that's, I can say something nice. Well, so- women's soccer players are Badass. tough. Yeah. yeah. Men's soccer players okay, are rolling for, around like forgiven. a bunch of... You're forgiven. I agree. I agree. Irish Chris has got a very nice wife. She's lovely. Yeah. Katie is lovely. Yeah. How did he pull that off? I don't know. We don't it's, know. We're it's really, <laughs> he must have pictures. There must be some, <laughs> something. There must be an explanation. <laughs> They're hilarious. You think he's like Putin with, with Trump? Oh, I think so. I think that. She's got the P-tape? Well, He's she, got the P-tape. Well, uh, what, it was, if, next time you're over there, see if they have rubber sheets. Oh, Lord. Well, he's a charming man. He knows he's how to a, get the ladies. They're he's lovely, lovely people. You know what? One of my favorite facts up. about those two are is that they love, love Jamiroquai. That is weird, isn't <laughs> it? What's that? What's <laughs> it's a singer. Yeah, every time I Jamiroquai. forget Jamiroquai. Jamiroquai. Yeah, it's. Uh, is that the, from that little tribe that shot the guy with the bow and arrow? What the hell is he talking about? No, it's the guy with the big fuzzy hat who like does weird dancing. But um, yeah, every time I forget. Chris is from Europe. He reminds me with his Jamiroquai <laughs> thing. I assume it's a European thing. I don't know. Well, but they like, they like went we all, to Europe just to go see him. They did. We all went to go see him at Pitchfork this year. They were across the street from Kaiser Tiger, uh-huh. Pitchfork Festival, every June, across the street from Kaiser. Yeah. How was so it? So we did go to see uh, Jamiroquai. You know, it was fun. I mean, you know, we, uh, you know, you got to uh, get in the mood, if you know what I mean. And then uh, <laughs> it's like a big dance party. Um, yeah. I had more fun than I expected, so I will give well, him that. Hey. But 
thing. You know. Thumbs up. Two thumbs up for that. Jamiroquai. Yeah. I mean, is this Why? a boy or a girl? It's a dude. It's, it's a, a band. It's a guy called Jamiroquai? Well, the lead singer's a dude. What, where, what country are they from? England? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Somewhere in Europe. I don't know. Obviously, they're gay, right? I don't know. Jamiroquai and they're not gay? I don't why are we, why are you what, what does it matter it what up. does it matter I'm trying to I'm trying to get information I've never heard this term you have before. access to the internet I wouldn't even know how to spell generic way how the hell can I even he's too straight to spell it <laughs> God. well no I, I just want I just I mean they're they're boys they're boys and you think they're from Europe I mean they're everyone's fruity in Europe in a way doesn't mean that they're gay or not. There's a fine line between English you and know, gay. You know, there's a there's a saying that says. <laughs> I don't know if, if there's see, such if a you, fine line. You know, there's a thing where like if you see someone walking down the street and they're wearing tight clothes and look a little funny or some you know different, I don't know outfit. The question is, are they gay or European? It's a it's a you never know. It's it's just a, it's a thing. I know. <laughs> not that there's anything wrong with either no, one, right? No, right? <laughs> Nothing wrong. No. Honey hoo ha. All right, Chris. Uh, I'm sorry, Chris. See, geez. Now you guys have me thinking about Chris. Now we're going to have to oh boy. start talking about the Cubs again and how much we hate them. <laughs> Pat. Yes. Thank you very much. It was for, my absolute pleasure. For being on our show. Uh, we appreciate it greatly. Um, Rock and Roll Ruth, thanks for all the beverages. Uh, Jordan, an angel from heaven yes, as always. Yes, he is. He is our angel from heaven. <laughs> Um, genius. Say yes. goodnight, genius. Wait, wait a second. What do you mean, just say goodnight, genius? What What else you want to say? Just tell me, tell me how cool I am. You're so cool. And uh, tell me how charming I you're am. You're so charming. Okay. And that walk. Oh, the swagger. swagger. Oh boy, you're gonna do that for Ruth my at sw- some point. Show where I'm talking about. Yeah, well, you know, when I wear my speed, I wear a speedo around the pig. Oh God. <laughs> That's gay or European, see? Now you can say that at home, Ruth. <laughs> There's a fine line. Okay. Um, so, all right. Good night, genius. Say good night, genius. Good night, genius. Thanks for listening, everyone. We'll catch you next time. Yay. Ooh.